Hello everybody, just issuing a light trigger warning today. Things are a little more tame than usual, but all the same, we welcome you here on the Wicked Side. Hello everybody and welcome to the Wicked Side. This is Brenna. Hey everybody, it's Tom. Hey, all right. So we had a pretty good time last weekend after the episode. It was a great one. Yeah, yeah. the uh, the dogs got together and uh, met each other for the first time. Yeah, and uh, it uh, turned out to be uh, something we probably should have videoed, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it was very cute. I was really worried because my dog tends to be dog aggressive, but it ended up being that our dogs were like best friends instantly. Yeah, it was pretty fun. It was very sweet. They chilled out at the end of the night when we were all just watching TV. Like, it was nice to just hang out for that amount of time, too. It was. Like, it was really cool. Everybody was outside, and we had a fire. And... Mm-hmm. Oh, Sorsha loved that. Yeah, I know. That was that, that was so much fun to have with her here, too. That, that was... was so sweet. Oh, she got to light it. It was great. <laughs> it was very cute when your son was going around getting her twigs to throw in it. It was very cute. Fueling the fire, as it were. Yeah. Nice little cousin moment. Ah. <sighs> Yeah, it was a, <laughs> and then yeah, like I said, just hanging out on the couch afterward. The dogs were so tired; they were just out. laying around. Your dog seemed to have suffered for more than just the day. She did. <laughs> she has been stiff and sore, and having trouble getting up on the couch and on the bed. And before anybody worries, she's fine. Other words, we even called the vet just to be safe, but otherwise, she's good. She just hasn't worked out in a long time. Exactly. And, and yeah. Appa gave her a run for her money. Basically, it was like, is she pooping, peeing, eating, doing all of that normally? And it, we're like, yeah. And they're like, she's fine. Then she's just sore. <laughs> she played her little ass off for sure. She, she tried to keep up at every moment. but uh, She got short, stubby little legs. <laughs> uh, and Ava is built for speed. Yeah. And she's out of shape. So. <laughs> well, your dog looks like a bullet bill trying to run across the lawn. It's funny. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Any Nintendo nerds get that joke? She is short, fat, and low to the ground. <laughs> She's a sweet girl, though. Uh, I, I love her, her her main weapon of harassment against Appa. Let's just run into him. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Battering ram. It works. <laughs> it was great. That was a fun time. It was. It was nice. So, all right, Tom. We did just want to jump in? Mm-hmm. Cool, let's do it. All right, so you're going to be a series of someone's today, mostly because we just don't have enough information to write a lot about any of them, and multiple episodes might be redundant of just, you know, doing One referencing so. the other, referencing the one back to it. Exactly, so it's just better if we just do it all once. So anyway, um, also, there's a little issue of there's, there's not much history. You know, these are really interesting characters throughout history, really important and prominent, and yet we just don't know much. Fair enough. We got Kinda. what we got. Yeah, we got what we got. So, to start with, you don't have a typical origin story for your first venture through time. No one knows who your parents are or exactly when you were born, and to further complicate things, you were found wandering around the grounds of Yale University when you were very young in 1917. Okay, nice. Good, classy place. Yeah. As it turns out, the 102nd Infantry, 26th Yankee Division of the U.S. Army, were training in New Haven, Connecticut at that time. Oh, nice. Yeah. This is where Private Robert J. Conroy found you. 
you would watch the men as they ran through drills and mostly I am a fucking animal again. I am an animal again. <laughs> you are. <laughs> you are an animal again. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> uh, you don't just find somebody and bring them into the army. <laughs> no. <laughs> we learned the Voitech. You just can't pick up kids and take yeah, them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering, and you got me with that one. I will never be fooled again. <laughs> Fair. I was going to try, though. I was going to try. You had to give me a little credit. Hey, <laughs> you know what? I'm glad I caught on this time, but here we go. It took you almost halfway through the episode to I figure out I you were I knew I wasn't human, but I couldn't figure out what the heck I was. <laughs> oh, anyway, where was it? This is where Private Robert J. Conroy found you. You would watch the men as they ran through drills, and you spent most of your time hovering around Conroy, who became a bit attached to you. But you also began to learn the men's day-to-day schedule and began to stay with them living in the camp. You even learned to salute and to respond to the bugle and what it meant to the schedule throughout the day. Huh, nice. Yeah. He, hear it hear it for chow and go runs for chow. Nice. When to wake up, all of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So much so, in fact, that when it came time for the men to leave, Conroy couldn't stand the thought of leaving you behind. So he smuggled you aboard the SS Minnesota, which was taking the men to France. After you were on a ship, you hid in the coal bin. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Where eventually the other men discovered you and they were all... Very excited and very happy. None of them had wanted to leave you behind either. Yep. Everybody wants their dog. Yep. Yep. Your presence just made them happy. The men managed to keep you secret until you all reached France, where Conroy actually managed to smuggle you out again in his overcoat this time. However, your cover was eventually blown, and you were discovered by a CO who was not happy with the whole situation. There's always the one asshole. (laughs) Well, you win him over pretty quickly, because... You saluted him. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he was like, all right. All right. <laughs> he was so impressed that he yeah. was like, okay. It's obviously not an unruly animal. Like the thing walked yeah. up and was like, oh shit, hey brass. Yeah. <laughs> Go salute your way. <laughs> exactly. Up, buddy? So I imagined uh, he was both impressed and a tiny bit charmed by this. <laughs> wow. That that that's one of those things where I'm like, oh, I want that to be so true. I want that to be exactly the case. Yep. He allowed you to stay, and you were given the official title of division mascot, which allowed you to travel to the front lines with the men. Now, Tom, I'm pretty sure you you know you you've already figured it all out. Well, you've obviously you I'm a dog, stuff out, yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure I don't know if you know much about this particular dog, though. I don't think so. Okay. Go ahead. Cool, cool. Well, I only asked because there was a movie made about him. Oh, but, really? Yeah, like, uh, I think it was 2018. A kid's movie was made about him. Huh. So, yeah. Yep. You are Sergeant Stubby, named mm. for your short little nubbin of a tail. <laughs> and because you were a stray, you aren't real, they aren't really sure what your breed was. Although research says everything from possibly a Boston Terrier, American Bull Terrier, or a Pit Bull. Kind of honestly, you look like a mix of all three. Fair. So, yeah. But we do know you were definitely a mutt. And this means uh, today's episode revolves, of course, entirely around war dogs. Yeah. The goodest of boys and girls. <laughs> oh, I said the good boys and girls of battle. Mm-hmm. Yep. February 5th of 1918, you and your division reached the front lines of France. And and I'm going to, again, this, a lot of these are French pronunciations. I'm going to fuck them up. I'm, yeah. I'm going to give it my best go, but it's going to be bad. I apologize in advance. So Let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> Let the bodies. <laughs> yeah. 
So the first one is, I believe it's Shimin Disdain, uh, north of. Mm, this one's a little scarier. I'm just gonna spell it. <laughs> I'm not even gonna. S o i s s o n s. Not gonna try to say it. Oh, just yeah? not. Not yep. even gonna uh, give that no. one up. I am terrified. <laughs> I'm looking at that word and I am terrified. <laughs> I'll admit. <laughs> anyway, and you stayed with the men the entire time, despite the constant gunfire and explosions. It wasn't surprising, however, that eventually you would receive your first injury in combat. So, unfortunately, yep, like you kind of knew it was going to happen. Yep. yep. You were exposed to toxic mustard gas, and you were rushed to the hospital and received aid right along with the rest of the soldiers Aww. in the same place. Yep. Nice. Yeah. But you weren't going to be a lazy boy. Even when you were sick and down, you comforted the other men, the injured men, and raised their morale quite a bit. Yeah, yep. I'm on a good patents, and you guys are there, so I'm going to love on you. Yep. We're all going to be in here together loving. What's up? Exactly. And eventually, you returned to the front lines with your troops. Aw, I'm a good boy. Yep. <laughs> However, being exposed to the gas ended up doing one of two things. First, it prompted somebody to make you a customized doggo gas mask, which is flipping adorable That's like awesome. in the weirdest way that it is, is adorable. that is some soldier bros looking <laughs> after their doggo bro it like, really was it was so it's just that is cute. so cute so but secondly it happened to make you very very sensitive to the smell of this gas mm. so you know when it's incoming yep this ended up being very helpful because one night while most of your division were asleep you woke up the men by barking. They realized what was going on, and they managed to get the whole unit out of danger before anyone breathed too much in. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, he was like, oh, no, 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 that shit fucked you up, dude. Everybody, yeah. let's go. To be fair, man, that's what dogs were, man. They were ADT with teeth in, in, mm -hmm. in the olden days, man. They were your wireless alarm system. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yep. Like, just saved countless lives and injury, oh, you man. know, from that. Because he's the goodest of boys. Exactly. He did it over and over and over again. Aww. Multiple times. Yep. That's cool that it was a repeat trick, too. Yep. That is awesome. But you begin to help in other ways, too. You were a smart boy, and you learned all the different sounds of battle, including the sound of artillery shells. Oh, so he knew when they were being popped. Yep. And the men, in turn, learned to take your cues and would take cover. That's awesome. So they literally had early warning on, yep. on incoming artillery. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's valuable. And uh, the still wasn't all. You learned to tell the difference between English-speaking soldiers and German ones. And during battle, you would find wounded soldiers and stay with them, barking until someone would come to their aid. Oh, wow. Hell, an alarm for your wounded buddy there. Yep. Oh, that's... Aw. Damn. Yeah. Right in the field. Son of a right, bitch. Right, <laughs> I was a little mean to you last episode, oh. so I figured I'd be super nice. Oh, right in the field. God. <laughs> yep. So there's no exaggeration when I say that you did save lives, because you did this over and over and over again. So, he had some really unique tricks for a dog. Yeah. Yes, he did. <laughs> yep. And you brought no small amount of comfort to some scared and hurt young men who found themselves wounded in a no man's land very far from home. Oh, man. And you know what? Like, that's that's angels in the trenches. You know, that's yep. that's Valkyrie shit. It is. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what it is. Not exactly carrying the dead off to Valhalla, but still angels in the trenches nonetheless. Yep, I agree. And your acts of service still weren't done. One day, a German spy was mapping out the Allied trenches when Stubby stumbled across him. 
the man called for the dog, which was a mistake, <laughs> because he recognized the language of that as the enemy. Yeah, yeah, dude, you speak German. I chew on Germans. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what he did. <laughs> Stubby attacked, holding on to the man by the seat of his pants yeah. until other troops arrived, and he was taken into custody. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It was this action that led to Stubby being awarded the rank of sergeant. As Wojtek taught us, animals are great spy catchers. <laughs> <laughs> this made you first doggo to reach this rank in history of the U.S. Army. So, so good on you, Stubby. <clears throat> and he was properly recognized. Yeah. Yep. This actually made Stubby a higher rank, though, than um, Corporal Conrad, who was his owner. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> so when I say get me outside, I mean outside now. <laughs> More or less, yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 you, you, I don't need you to say, let's go for some walkies. Let's walk <laughs> in cadence. <laughs> Above. <laughs> yep. Have faith. So again, this again, French pronunciations. <laughs> French so everybody French. be kind. Adorably. After successfully retaking Chateau Derry, I think, the women of the town made you a little coat because at Aww. this point you had acquired some medals. Aw, need something yep. to pin them on, yo. Yeah. So now you could strut around with those proudly on display. Aww. Unfortunately, however... It is dress blues. Yep. <laughs> Unfortunately, however, two wounded stripes were eventually added. Aw. Yeah. A German grenade went off near you and shrapnel hit you in your leg and your chest. You were rushed to the hospital and underwent surgery, eventually making a full recovery. And it speaks deeply to me how much you mattered to these people. That yeah. in the midst of war and with so many men, you know, They treated around, you just like every other dude. Yep. You were no different. No. Given medical care, you know, fought to save the life. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Your military career included four offenses, offensives, 17 battles in total. Oh, wow. Yeah. You spent a total of 18 months overseas with Conrad, fighting for your country. Hilariously, Conrad had to smuggle you back on the ship because dogs technically weren't allowed on board. But at this point, I have a feeling it was less smuggling and more the CEO doing the equivalent of turning away while whistling loudly. Yeah, they, made, know, like, mm -hmm. they put a handle on one of his coats and he was like, this is a briefcase. This is a very furry briefcase. Yeah, all, I have a lot of business to do. <laughs> 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 Ignore the drool. <laughs> My briefcase drool. Shut up. <laughs> it's authentic. Oh man. Once where you you were home though, you became an instant celebrity. You actually met three presidents in your life, including Woodrow Wilson, Calvin Coolidge, and Warren G. Harding. People showered you with love and praise for all you had done for the men during wartime. You were given a lifetime membership to the American Legion and to the YMCA. Mm -hmm. You also received a gold medal from the Humane Education Society, which was presented to you in 1921 by the General of Armies, John J. Pershing. Aww. Yep. Conroy went on to attend Georgetown University Law Center, and you went with him. I mean, after all, the man was willing to take you to war in France, so he sure as hell wasn't going to leave you behind it's while he pursued you, academia. So. I said, you, you were found in Yale and ended up at where? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. Eventually, you became their mascot, yet again, for the Georgetown Hoyas. At halftime, you would be given a football and you'd play on the field. Nice. <laughs> I imagine everybody collectively letting out a giant, oh, look at the little baby. <laughs> exactly. 
Uh, this is a joke, of course, but that would be the scenario. That's what yeah. I would react in that yep. scenario. <laughs> but as we know, all good dogs go to heaven. And in March of 1926, you died in your sleep. Aww. You were then taxidermied, which I have mixed feelings about. And your cremated remains were placed in the mount to which you were affixed. In 1956, Conroy gave you to the Smithsonian National Museum of American History, where you remain to this day in the Price of Freedom, America's at War exhibit. So we've definitely seen it. Yeah, it wasn't till after reading this that I do remember seeing Stubby. Okay. Yeah, okay. but we definitely saw it. Huh. Oh, Stubby. He's a good boy. Yeah, but now we know the story. He's a good now boy. Now we know the story. He's the goodest oh. of boys. <laughs> oh, man. Yep. Then, as I said before, this is not where we're ending the story today. History has a few more brave war doggos that deserve a little acknowledgement. In fact, there's many of them. There's many. I only selected three, and I could have done this for, like, ever. So (laughs) It could um, be a series. Well, that's what I kind of figured. If if people like it enough, and if people like these stories, why the hell not? You know, right? I will happily talk about dogs all day. You will not catch me being upset about that. I was about to say, you guys show the interest and we'll talk about it. Yep, exactly. So the next one we're going to talk about is Tom, the World War II French war dog. Hell yeah. Nice yeah. Name. <laughs> he was even called Tom the French Savior. Hell yeah. He was an ambulance dog. And these were actually dogs that were trained to find wounded in the trenches or in no man's land and alert medical staff. So they would actually grab their hats and they would take their hats back to the med staff to let them know, hey, I got a guy. And then they would follow the dog back to the dude. That's awesome. That's yeah. uh, that's a really cool fucking trick. Yeah. <laughs> how really, many, really how many treats system, you right? need for that one? Yep. Man. Yep. That is a crazy good trick. So according to Top 10's, uh, Top 10's article titled 10 dog heroes of world war one and yes there's also a corresponding youtube video and yes it is simon whistler shut up everybody <laughs> written by uh john lucas and dated september 25th of 2018 tom was one of thousands of dogs used by the allies during world war one I. I think just the british alone had like twenty thousand dogs that they used oh wow yeah so dogs were pretty no kidding that's yeah. awesome I mean, it is, integral, and it is and so. I guess it depends on how you feel about that. I guess, but I mean, yeah. that's more than I thought it would be. That's that's what I can say. That number is astounding. They didn't run away. Yeah, true. That was my thing. They stayed. Yep. So I don't know. I say they beat back some evil back in their day. Yep. So I'm just going to read directly from the article, which says an, a 1914 article tells of just one of the lives he saved a French soldier whose name was withheld for security reasons after a particularly harsh battle. This French soldier recalls being paralyzed after a head injury, but also slowly dying from an an arm wound. A bullet in the jaw prevented him from screaming out. Mm. Pinned down, yep, by the corpses of other brave French soldiers, he had almost lost hope. Suddenly, he felt a wet nose on his brow. While he looked dead, Tom could sense life in the French soldier. French ambulance dogs had been trained to take a wounded military officer's cappy or cap to the stretcher bearers or letting them to the presence of the hurt soldier. However, the French soldier had lost his hat in battle. After hesitating for a bit, Tom raced off to get help. With no cappy, he was first ignored, but finally he was able to get someone to help. Medics followed Tom to the wounded soldier, saving his life. His was not the only life Tom saved, and he became a valuable member of his unit. <laughs> I can see the feels on Shut your up. face. Shut <laughs> up! I don't even... Ah. He yeah. was like, you're going to listen to me? There's a motherfucker over here. He doesn't have a hat. But you're coming with me. God damn it. Yep. Oh, 
He needs help. He needs help. There are people in your life who call you best friends who won't fight that hard for you. Yep. Like. Yep. And a dog will. Oh, God. Ah. Like, like the, firmly believe we do not deserve bastard. dogs. <laughs> ah. Ah. Oh, you got two of them. Ah. <laughs> ah. God dang you. Put you around in the dark, gory stuff. You're in the just field kicking stuff. me in the field like, left and right. Oh God! One is horrible one way, and one is just uncomfortable the other. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> He's such a good boy, though. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> one of many, one of many, many good uh, boys that saved a lot of lives. He's a good boy. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> so. Normally, I would go along and do more research for this, but this was literally the only version of the story I could find. But he was one of many, and it's really not all that surprising. I'm willing to bet there are some really amazing stories to go along with. But since you two uh, shared a name, I couldn't pass this one up. <laughs> I, ha- I had to tell this one. Fair enough. So, yep. So oh. our next story, because we have one more good boy. Oh, nice. That we want to talk about. Next, we have Chips. While Stubby was considered the most decorated dog during World War One, Chips was considered uh, the most decorated dog for World War Two. Chips okay. started life a bit differently than Stubby, though, as he was actually volunteered for service by his family. We do know his breed um, because we know who his owners were. A man named Edward J. Wren, who said Chips was a mix of German Shepherd, Collie, Husky, and Malamute. Oh, wow. Yep. That's a... That is a... Um... That's a action-packed breed. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Chips was gifted to the Wren family by C.C. Moore, who bred him. And by all accounts, Chips became close and protective of the family's daughter, a little girl named Gail. He was loyal to her, and he would even follow her to school and stay under her desk. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't realize this was even something that occurred, but apparently around World War II, you could donate your dog to duty to the military. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't know it was a thing. But that's what the Wren family decided to do after Chips kind of sort of bit a garbage man. <laughs> okay, yeah. So it says something about me that my instinct was like, well, what did the garbage man do? Right? Like, what did he do to deserve it to get bit? Like, because Chips is a good boy and he would not just bite. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe this guy was a Nazi. I'm just saying. Know. Maybe he was know. a Nazi sympathizer. <laughs> maybe, maybe he just heard him say some disparaging things. Like, Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. But Chips is a good boy. <laughs> All sins are forgiven. Yep. All, all good boys go to heaven. <laughs> well, you're really going to like Chips. All right. So, in Shoot. 1942, Chips arrived on at Front Royal, Virginia, where he trained to be a sentry dog. His handler was named Private John P. Rowell. And this dog had a pretty illustrious career. He was one of four dogs assigned to the 3rd Infantry Division, and in 1943, he actually served as a sentry to the Roosevelt Churchill Conference. Oh, wow. Yeah. But the event that led to Chip be- Chips being famous happened July 10th of 1943. While in Sicily, Private Rowell found himself pinned down by Italian machine gun fire, and Chips broke free from his handler and charged the nest. Oh, wow. Whoa. <laughs> yes. He jumped in and began attacking the soldiers. (laughs) One of my sources said German, another said Italian, so I'm not sure. Um, But Raoul did state in an interview that it was German, so that's what I'm going to go with. Um, He took down four men inside, causing them to flee, and then he ripped the smoking machine gun, in quotes, from its base. Holy shit! Yeah. (laughs) 
Raoul claimed that he grabbed one of the German soldiers by the neck and drug him back toward Allied troops, which caused the other men to surrender. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, where's the rest of them? Holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) Please don't let there be more of those. (laughs) We give. Uncle, we're done. That's hilarious. You have, a, you have more dogs. We're okay. It's like Crypto the Super Dog over here. Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that is but... insane. I thought you were going to be like, he ran the other way. God help. And you nope. were like, no, 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 no. no. He no. fucked them up. Oh, <laughs> no. And he, he wasn't done. He wasn't <sighs> done that day. Oh, that same day. Oh, that wow. same day, he captured 10 more enemy troops. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Running them down. <laughs> Just getting them. Yep. From these actions, he received scalp wounds and burns, but was otherwise unharmed. Chips was trained to clamp down on unfamiliar humans, and this led to a rather interesting event in 1945, where he bit future president Dwight D. Eisenhower. I don't recognize you. Hold him. (laughs) Yeah. Eisenhower had bent down to pet the dog and thank him for his bravery when Chips did what he was trained to do. I grab you. (laughs) I don't know you. Yum. Yeah. (laughs) However, Chips was awarded the Silver Star, a Distinguished Service Cross, and a Purple Heart for his injuries. Hell yeah. But apparently, apparently, some people got their panties in a bunch about this. Aw. Yeah. And um, thought that life-saving dogs didn't deserve military service awards. (sighs) Yeah. So despite saving American troops' lives, the practice was suspended. Aw. Yeah. Which is shit. Which is shit. Salty bastards. Yeah. Yep, I find that absolute horseshit. I actually went on like a mental tangent rant for about 10 minutes after reading this, <laughs> where I'm like, that is some bullshit, you motherfuckers. He probably saved your kid's life, and you're bitching about this, or he probably saved your buddy's life, and you're bitching about this. Just, ooh, be grateful. <laughs> uh, no kidding. Yeah. Eventually, Chips was returned to the war- to the Wren family, where he arrived in a wooden crate. He was honorably discharged after serving the military for three years with an exemplary record. You know, other than biting the general. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he died seven months later, unfortunately. Aw. Yeah. An article published by Inside Edition on January 15th of 2018 said that John Redd, who was four years old when Chips were returned to his family, attended a ceremony in London where he was posthumously awarded the Dickin Medal for his bravery attacking the gun in his nest. Aw. Nice. Yep. And that, Tom, is just a few infamous and brave war dogs. There were so many more, so many more great stories. So if this is something that, like I said, you you guys really like, I am happy to write more. I am happy to do more of this because, like, there was just so many good and feel-good stories. Fair enough. So, and, like, (laughs) war times, that's pretty hard to get. There was some really sad ones, too, um... But, well, and it's nice to have a palate cleanser every now and again. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured. Because this season's a little heavy, so, you know. We got a lot of, well, yeah, yeah we got a lot of, lot, lot of death in this this season. But uh, yeah. there's also some very bright lights in there, too. Yeah, there are. And, you know, what's what's brighter than a dog? They're just wonderful. Yeah. Good so, boys. yeah, so I figured, like, um, for today, we could talk about, like, times we've seen dogs either like even online or on the internet um just seeing dogs being great you know being magical being wonderful so and um like that interesting relationship that human beings have with dogs yeah and i think i mean we've always had dogs pretty much yeah our whole life we grew up with 
all shapes and sizes even we did we so. did from real small ones to real big ones we we had pretty much all of them and yeah. uh we fostered for a while mm-hmm. so yeah there were some fun times yeah yeah but as far as man the most recent one i've seen was on the internet mm-hmm. and it's a uh it looks like a like a great day or not great dane i'm sorry like a, a german shepherd or a king shepherd and it uh, it's playing with this young boy in the front yard and you you know all the 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 whole attitude changes and the dog like kind of shoves the child out of the way and then you see two dogs run into frame and that dog just takes them both on yeah i i've seen that one and that is yeah i remember like the kid running toward the mom the mom picking him up and you can see the owner of the other two dogs like kind of walk into frame and it's like fucker get your dogs under control yeah but yeah yeah, I remember seeing that one and being like, because you could tell yep. the instant his body went on alert. He yep. was like, nope, danger. Yep, you're not danger. coming near my kid. You're not coming near yep. my kid. That's exactly what that was. It's it was not, not my boy, not today. It was, <laughs> that was, uh, I, I, when you see a good boy do their job, just. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a, a couple like TikTok dogs that I absolutely love. Um, of course, there's Nala. Yeah. Yeah. The Stomps. He's <laughs> too She's just too adorable. I like all of the. I was saying, every time they narrate the dog, or yeah, uh, Maxine oh. the corgi. Okay, I don't think I don't know if I've seen that one. Yeah, that um, I think his owner lives in New York, but he carries Maxine around everywhere in a backpack. So yeah. just her fuzzy little head is sticking up like over his shoulder all the time. It's very cute. Okay, it's very very cute. Fair so, enough. There's 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 too many. There's too many. There's too many dogs. There's <laughs> too many wonderful dogs, and I love them all. So. <laughs> I'm convinced they all need my cuddles. But uh, there's a lot of videos online of, like, dogs protecting people oh. and, yeah, or acting as peacekeepers and things like that. I remember you and I um, fighting as kids mm-hmm. and Cactus, like, grabbing you by your shirt and, like, pulling you off and pulling yep. you away. That dog just liked to bite me, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Cactus, that's fair with Cactus. She was a little, she was a little. She was a husky German Shepherd mix, yeah. and she liked to bite. Yeah. I slid under her one day playing tag with some friends in the backyard, and she got the back of my neck awfully good. Mm-hmm. I remember that because I had to run and get mom. Yeah. So. But she was still. I mean, for the most part, she was a good girl. It was just we were the wrong environment for her. Probably. Yeah. She. I think yeah. she needed work. That's what I think. I think she needed a job. Well, she, she, yeah, well, and she got food aggressive. Like, she didn't yeah. start that way. It ended that way. She was still a good girl, but I, I don't know. She, yeah. I don't know if, you know, the young child environment was, was the best to have her in. She was still a good it girl. It wasn't. It wasn't. And, the, and it's totally possible for a dog to still be a good dog and just well, bad, be it's bad in owners, a wrong. It's bad dogs. Yeah, exactly. And in this case, we, we're just not the right people for her. You know, she needed, she needed something else. And um, she got it. So. Yeah. So. Found found a good family for her, and she got what she needed. So. Yeah. Um, but we've had we've had some really we had um, Buddy for a while, which we fostered, who was mm-hmm. like mainly my dog. I was I was heartbroken when he went to another home. Mm-hmm. Um, we got him. I wanted to call him Dillinger, but I remember I figured out his name. Yeah, yeah, but I hated it. Like, yep. Buddy is a basic bitch of dog names. I'm sorry. It is a. It's the like, pumpkin spice of dog it's, names. It's just terrible. It's just terrible. Like, For everybody out there, you just offended with a dog name, Buddy. I don't care. I don't <laughs> care. If you can't be more interesting, that's your fault. Like, I'm sorry. I can't do it. That's I hate it. Like, 
I, for me, it's like, I, I really like dog names that are in some way, shape, or form. Like, either they are superhuman sounding names, you know? Okay. Or, like, bananas ridiculous. Fair. Like, there's so much fun like that. I don't know. Just get creative. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> I say every dog I've ever had was named creatively, but I feel you. Yeah. We're cut from the same cloth. Yeah, on that front, definitely. Oh. I get it's not for everybody, I guess. I guess it shouldn't be too harsh, but like, still, it's boring. Yeah. It's boring. Fair enough. Anyway, so in researching, I did come across several different like ways dogs were used, and I actually didn't know this, but British troops actually used um, used to have like paratrooper dogs. Okay. That would actually, yeah, they would like parachute down. Nice. I'm like, that's weird, but cool. That is awesome. Who, I wonder, I bet, I mean, the chutes are automatic pulling. Yeah, they just throw them out and they get pulled when they're so far away from the plane. Yeah. So you're good there. Well, I also found out too, and I thought this was interesting. Um, there was a long history of Celtic tribes using dogs. Oh, yeah. You know, in battle and war. And once the Roman invasion started, you know, and, and they kind of took over everything, that practice slowly died out. And I'm like, that's kind of sad though. Like... <laughs> I mean, man's best friend. Yeah, it's definitely there's something we created. Yeah, it was um, Irish and Scottish tribes. That's awesome. Yeah, that primarily would use them. So you see something like a bunch of Irish wolfhounds running mm-hmm. across. Those <laughs> things are huge. Those are shaggy horses. Yeah, like, yeah. There, there's a lot of instances in history where dogs have been side by side. You know. Yeah. With the men and, and in those kind of scenarios and. Not just it, like in terms of war, but just in terms of protection too. You know that I mean, it's a heavy instinct. It, yeah, I it mean, feels like I mean I know for for Lace, she you saw it when she was over here when we were all facing one direction. She sat with her back to us, watching the other direction. Yeah, it was very much a guard stance. Yeah, so it's yeah. not that she didn't she want to be part of the family, of the but fire. she was working. You know, it, I mean, her and Appa both. They had the very dog instinct of staying at the outer part of the fire. Yep. Like, they were at the furthest away, watching into the darkness. Yeah. While, while she's a more sit and watch, Op is a stalk and watch. So it was just like, I'm running about right now. Goodbye. Hello, everybody. Yep. I'm running. And Lace's natural instinct, too, is if anybody is in the house that she is not familiar with, she is either, like, instantly, like, friend and, like, in their lap. Or the opposite of that is she is directly between me and them. Or yeah. or the kids and them if if the kids are there right so and that those are her modes she's either like okay I trust you or don't trust you at all go away I don't like right. you here you know like she won't she barks and growls and she sounds scary you know but right. you know we would never let her hurt anybody unless you know first came to shove but oh. but she's a sweet girl um but it, yeah it's just interesting the relationship that people have had with animals especially dogs it's just it's unique mm-hmm. i feel like it's not something that like we don't even have it with cats we don't have it with horses mm-hmm. it's very special and it's very defined i feel like it's very you know yeah, yeah. It, it's literally best friend yeah yeah i feel it's like in many cases specific to them and them alone mm-hmm. man's best friend for a reason you know yeah exactly and there's um so what so what's woman's best friend definitely dogs too all right fair enough <laughs> <sighs> that one, that okay one but we've seen enough exclusive. bitches carrying them around in their purses to <laughs> come on 
you know, if you want to call those dogs, fair enough. <laughs> Only in the loosest sense. They bark. Uh, they bark. I'll tell you that. Oh Well, okay. It's my boss. Uh-huh. Who, tough guy. Like, he's been in the tattoo industry a minute. Yeah. You know? Yeah. His dog is a little baked potato shaped chihuahua. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And that is his baby. Yeah. That is his baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she is, she is, she is a little fat baked potato of a dog. <laughs> Uh, she's very sweet though she's a very cute dog but yeah yep, no i get it i say i always thought it was funny when people would make comments to dad because um or um god dang it mom's dog uh, yeah yeah <laughs> uh always riding with when it was misha in the car or mm-hmm. you know whatever it is dad's always like carried mom's dog and mom drives so dad yeah. sits shotgun carrying whatever small poodle mom has yeah and then but dad's an animal person in general so it really doesn't surprise me but it's me. the look of the giant like yeah, the six, six, dude. 285 dude yeah. with this tiny poodle yep and people have made comments and it was funny yeah and he's it's just so sweet though dad has the best humor about everything so he does he does it's very cute. I I love all of that. <laughs> I love all of that. I like to... Um, the reverse side of that, though, is when you have short, petite women that have absolutely massive dogs. Oh, yeah. And it's just adorable to me. I oh, love yeah. it so much. There's a, yeah, there's a, a, a series of pictures where it's uh, like women standing at an ATM At ATMs? I saw that. And it's, yes. it's like there are two, two women on there who are significantly way less than the dog pine dogs tied to them yep but the dogs that are like leashed to them look like like i'm going to be a good boy if you don't touch my mom exactly if you touch my mom i'm going to eat you (laughs) they do do the same thing i noticed too in all the pictures they sat with their backs to her, but staring out around. Mm-hmm. It was it was like making eye contact on... with the person photographing them. Exactly. Like hello, so Can you I know help you? I am alert and I am paying attention. Uh-huh. You know, I love that. I love that, and I, I feel like that's. Uh, I know there's a lot of women though, like that get dogs just for that reason because sometimes they're not careful. You know, they don't they're not comfortable with a, a gun or a weapon, mm-hmm. but they want some form of protection, so they get a dog and mm-hmm. they work with them and they train them and. There they go. That's their that's their protection. Those are their babies, you mm-hmm. know. And it's a very interesting and beautiful relationship, I think. Yep. It's it's got so much value and so much worth and I feel like dogs in so many ways make us better. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like com- more compassionate, you know, more aware more giving because it's somebody that loves us unconditionally yeah you know it's not unlike having a child where where it's somebody who's dependent on you your their behavior is dependent on what you teach them and how they turn out is is you know what i mean it's a similar aspect but they don't care about you know your past they don't care about your politics they don't care about any of that they care about you you treat them right and they have the shortest term memory for everything and they just love you and they're always the one who's going to be happy to see you when you get home and yeah yep they're going to be the one like it's not going to matter they they rarely get moody i can't say my dog gets moody he does and i love him but he gets moody yeah um so but so do i so it's getting a little real um I have panic attacks yeah. frequently. You know, you know this. I've, yeah. I've um, struggled with panic disorders for a very long time mm-hmm. since since I was a teenager. And when I have a bad p- episode, 
Because panic attacks are something, and I think this is a misconception, panic attacks aren't something that happen quickly. Mm-hmm. They're long. They can be for days, mm-hmm. you know? And then you just have moments where it's better and moments when it's worse. Mm-hmm. And during the worst moments, um, Lace will sit between my legs and she will lick my wrist and my ankles. Mm-hmm. And it's always there. And mm-hmm. just, she will sit there until I calm down. That's interesting. Yeah. And I, she's not trained to do that. It's nothing like that. That is what she instinctually does to take care of me in those moments. Mm-hmm. And, and it's very right sweet. That level, huh? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So if I have I have those moments, she's there. She's she's there. Oh. And she's not scared of my, you know, if I'm crying or anything like that. You know, she just knows mom needs me. And that's it. <laughs> so, but therapy dogs too. You know, you have dogs that are there for people like with special needs. I know they have dogs for uh, people with autism, you know, mm-hmm. uh, veterans with PTSD mm-hmm. sometimes, you know. Oh yeah, there's service dogs for all kinds of stuff nowadays. That is, yeah. and, it's, and it's great. They can they're so helpful in so many people's lives. Yeah, seizure reporting, all kinds of stuff. Uh, diabetics, you name it. Yeah, exactly. The bestest of boys, they really are. Mm-hmm. I know. Um, sometimes they take them to hospitals and and things like that. Nursing homes, I know. Sometimes will they'll bring dogs in just because they they have such a positive effect on everybody's morale and and yeah. mental state. Because good boys are good, and everybody knows what to do with a good boy. You pet that good boy. Exactly. And, you, and that good boy <laughs> knows what to do when you're petting it. It sits there, and it accepts more pets. Yes. You can give it treats. You love it. Yep, yep, yep. And the reverse side of that, of course, you know, you always have assholes that, you know, that hurt the good things. And Oh, yeah. It's very frustrating and very... Well, yeah, you teach your kids from an early age. You, you treat your dog, you know what I mean? You, yes. It, but it's a great way to teach compassion that way. I don't, okay, do you get as mad as I do when you see the videos online of people letting little kids crawl all over a dog and pull at their jowls and pull at their ears and things like that? Because I get pissed. Because the dog does not look happy. The dog always looks miserable in no, that scenario. I feel, I, in the end, I, I would feel bad for the child because when it does go wrong... It's, it's going to go bad. Right. Yeah. And then the dog's going to get blamed for it. So then I have to feel bad for the dog. And yeah. then, you know what I mean? I, I feel bad for the situation. It's it's yeah. You know what's going to happen But parents there. are like, oh, it's so cute. It's not cute. It's not cute. I'm going to do it to it's you. It's not I'm cute. Gonna, yeah. yeah, exactly. Let me let me pull on your cheeks for a bit and let's see how cute you think that fucking is. How long before you bite me? Exactly. It's not fucking cute. But I ugh, I can't stand it. It's it's the same argument I get into with people about taking short snouted dogs on airplanes. Mm-hmm. I, I mm. fair. Mm. They're like it, they will die. Yeah. You know, and you might have rolled the dice a couple times and had good luck, but eventually your luck's going to run out and your dog's going to be the one to pay hmm. because you don't want to be careful, you know, or you don't want to be considerate of the dog you got. Some dogs just don't travel well. It is not their fault. It is not your fault necessarily, but you got that dog knowing you had to travel. So do better. Right. Choose a different dog if that's the case. Yeah. Like, I don't know. That is a tangent though. Yeah. It, I'm very passionate about it. It gets me so upset because then people get mad at the airline and the staff and they're like, well, what happened to my dog? It's like, well, you took him on a plane, stupid, when we told you not to. Yeah. You know? But then they scream and whine and cry when they don't get their way and people say no and it's like, we told you this was going to happen. Yeah. And this is what happened and now you're surprised and we're confused. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. But people still want to be mad at the airline, and it's like... <sighs> yep. I don't know. It's crazy salad. It is. Really wild. I think we've ranted, raved, and talked about pups. Hey, we <laughs> Shown them lots of love. Yes. The good boys are good, and they are good conversation. Yeah, they are. And again, I, I love the relationship between people and pups. I just think it's really interesting, and the fact that, like, they stick with us literally through all our bullshit. It's really, right. it's really amazing well, like to the said, point where they go to war with us. Yeah. And yeah. And they are the, always going to be the one happy to see you when you come home. Like yes. just happy. Yeah. Love you. Unconditionally <sighs> all the time. Yep. Yep. You feed me, you treat me right. I will just love you forever. I did the same. Yep. I dig it. Uh, all right, everybody. Well, we're going to end here. I just wanted to, give a thank you to all our new listeners thank you to all our returning listeners you guys are amazing we love you so much and um thank you to again to the paranormal podcasting community we appreciate you guys we're thankful for all the love and support we get and uh yeah just overall i think i think this was a good one this was fun yes it was <laughs> all right well we will see you guys on the other side see ya.